Amen. Well, welcome everybody on our online friends and family and everybody here today. We're going to be jumping into part two of our series on wealth, but just to keep everybody in the groove, I want to kind of roll back from part one. So I won't keep, I won't do a double sermon, but I will bring you up to date, okay? So we're going to start out with a little bit of that there. We're talking about wealth, and this is our scripture that we started out last week. And it's uh, Romans 12, 1. If you want to break it in your notes, that's a good place to go back and review. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what I love to do is take take a word and kind of break it out and apply it to the things of the, our life and the things of the kingdom of God. And so what we came up with a little bit was like starting to W with worship. And I'll bring a few things through there to, to share with you guys here. So we talked about worship last week, and we talked about worship involves surrendering our lives. Somebody say amen if they believe that. Us getting out of the way, focusing on him, getting out of the way, and personal sacrifice. And worship, I love this part here, worship is celebrating who God is and what he has done. How many people have been thinking about this week how blessed they are in the Lord? Both of you. How many other people are thinking about that? Yeah. Man, we guys, man, we want some crowd participation here, right? When we think about all that God's done, how can we not worship him? Amen? You guys did a great job singing and praising the Lord today as well. Well, let's see what else we talked about. We talked about evangelizing. How many people love to evangelize? Sometimes it's a little uneasy, right? But you know what? There's a lot of different ways that we can evangelize. We can get out there and, and share what God has done through a testimony in our life. Pass out Bible tracts or however. But take a look at this. This is Mark 16, 15. It says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's the gospel. That's the great commission. God commands us as believers to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And here's something else to put through there. That we want to keep the, the Christ front and center in our lives. When folks come in your neighborhood, when folks see you out at a restaurant, do they know that Christ is first? In your life. I pray that they, they do. And God, we ask God to create opportunities in every season and every situation of our life. How many know that God will use you on your job? Amen. At the grocery store, nope. at DMV. A lot of people pray to DMV, right? I'm not knocking them, but sometimes it gets a little tough in there, right? So there's opportunities to evangelize all over. Now, I love this part. We got to the A last week. On assurance. How many people are assured of their salvation in Christ? I hope everybody that's listening is that they have a personal relationship with the Lord. Just going to pull out a few scriptures that you guys can write down and underline. It says, I am sure, look at this, that the good work that God that God has started in me will be finished. That's Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, isn't it good to know that God's not going to just get you halfway? Isn't it good to know that God doesn't just start off with you and then take the, take the training wheels off? He continues to walk with you each and every day. What else do we see? I'm completed, Christ, Colossians 2.10. And you have been, been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. When we pray, do we realize that when we connect with that of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has authority over everything? Every situation. Sometimes we feel hopeless. Today you will not feel hopeless when we get done with this. You're going to feel overwhelmed with the blessing of all the wealth that God has, has purchased for us through Jesus Christ. And look at this. I am forgiven of all my sins. Y'all read that with me. Ready? I am forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of our sins. We've been redeemed. We've been bought out of the slavery of sin and set in 
to the family of God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Plus nothing else. Amen. Not how much you give. Not how smart you are. Not how pretty you are. By totally putting your faith and trust in the finished work of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. All right. That's what we did last week. All right. So now we're going to jump in to part two. How many people know we're going to hit the L, the T, and the H today? So if you got your Bibles, we're going to start out in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. If you got that, most of the time I have most of the scriptures up here. But uh, I just want to share where we're going and what we got going. All right. So take a look at this. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat, eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Man, let me ask you a question here. As we go into this, how many people have applied some of the wealth that we talked about last week? The worship and evangelism. Receive that assurance of what Christ has done. I want to give you the tools today to continue to move on. And I pray as God reveals the truth of who he is and the blessings that he's purchased for us, that we grab hold of that and continue to walk through the message, right? So we're going to start out. We're going to have we work through the W and the A and the E. Let's pick up on the L. And everybody said amen, right? So look at this. Who do you think we're talking about here? God is love. Amen. Look at that. So if you look at somebody telling you love them next to them, love you in the Lord, love you in the Lord. Let's keep on moving. 1 John 4, 8 says this. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Man, think about that. That's a strong statement, isn't it? I talk to people all the time, and I, I share when I, I guess I'm counseling a little bit before they get married and different things going on in their life. I said, you can't love your, your wife or your husband like you really need to love them until you love the Lord. And they go, what do you mean? Because I tell you what, God is working in us through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us forgive, amen, to help us with grace and mercy, amen. How many people have seen, as they've been walking with the Lord, they're a little bit more forgiven to their loved ones? Wow, got a lot of praying to do. Got a couple of folks, right? How many people uh, have seen as time goes by that, you know what, you see that God has forgiven you so much that maybe you ought to be a little bit more forgiven too? That's what I'm talking about. How many people like God's grace? In mercy. How many people apply that to other people in the same amount that you want to receive it? That's something to work on, right? It's always something. I'm preaching to me first. It's always something to work on. So I hope that you guys are, are, are really blessed with this. But there's a lot to be said about the love of Christ. And there's a lot to be said about how we mirror that to others. Amen? And you know, a lot of times it's tough on our own, isn't it? Yes, it is. But sometimes we just go, man, but, but you just don't understand God understands, and God sees value in each of us. So we need to have the eyes of Christ. Matter of fact, I want to share this with you right here. Uh, Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. This is how Paul prayed for his brothers and sisters. And I want to read through this here, the power of prayer. Take a look at this. It's uh, starting in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? All the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Wow. What would happen? In the church, what would happen in your family? What would happen in in our country if we prayed for one another like that? You think it might be some changes? See, a lot of times, I just be honest. Sometimes we come to God, we just give Him our grocery list. I need, I want my stuff, my this, my this, my that, and all that. Do we really seek the Lord and say, Lord, you know what? I'm just seeking you first. I want you to order my steps today, Lord. I want you to show me where you're at work today, so I can join in. How, how many people know that, that being a Christian is not always about being comfortable? Amen. Amen. Sometimes, we, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I'm, I'm saved. I'm sitting on the sidelines of life and it's just going around and around. I'm just waiting for the Lord to finish my mansion and then he's going to call me home. Do you realize that God has a mission for each of us? He has gifted in each one of us. And each gift is just as unique as the other. Some people say, well, I don't play guitar. Okay, that's okay. Uh, you know, I don't bake and cook. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of people that minister to me that makes and cook. There's a lot of people that are great listeners. There's a lot of people that are great prayer warriors. So never underestimate the gift that God has put in you. But I want us to see how love and power go hand in hand. Amen? Look at this. Love is a powerful weapon. Love conquers sin. Love brought Jesus from heaven to earth. Love lifted Jesus from the grave. Love sees the best in the situation. Let me just go ahead and put a little underline that right there. Isn't it easy to jump on the bandwagon when everything goes wrong? It is. Boy, I just can't believe that. Now, I will say something that, uh, that not just because she's my mama and I am my mama's boy, but my mom has done that my whole life. At 88, she still can find the good in something. And, and sometimes I'll get, oh, man, mom, what about this? Well, you never know what they got going on. Well, at least this didn't happen. She was always looking to the good thing in there. And I believe that right there is something that we can train our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit to. Because usually what happens is we just jump on. If we start complaining, we want to find somebody that will jump on and just throw throw more fire uh, gas on the fire, don't we? Can you believe they said that? Oh, man. And then somebody, yeah, you know what? I, you know what? He always had shifty eyes. Oh, yeah, I was wondering about that guy right there. Oh, man, they just jump right on everything else. And, and see, and if you turn around and you say something good, then you just messed up their pity party. They got to start again. And it's a shame, isn't it? I would say, man, I, it's, it's nice to be around folks that are taking the God view. Now, let me tell you this. One of my buddies at work tells me this all the time. He said, I'm a Christian. I'm not a doormat. <laughs> I want you to hear that. He said, I'm a Christian, not a doormat. In other words, that doesn't mean we just roll over. We stand for what God tells us to stand for. But Lord, help us to pick the positive in the situation. Help us be difference makers so that we can help transform the lives of those around us and be a mirror of Christ. What else do we see? Love held Christ on the cross. A lot of times we thought it was the nails, but I'm going to tell you what it was the love for each one of us. You ever think about how much God loves you? How do we even get our mind around that? You think about that. On your worst day, God can still see good in you. He sees the end result. He says you're worth it. I talk to folks all the time. And and what happens is we start believing a lie. We start believing what maybe a spouse might say, a worker might say, a child might say when things are disjointed in the home front. And after a while, they start believing that. And you know what I always do? I say, oh, 
Let's go back and talk about what God says. Who does God say you are? Never let your past define you. Never let your, your, your failures define you. Always let the word of God define you. Amen. I want to remind you that we're going to hit some more on that. But that's what his love does. Love always gives. God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. He wasn't holding up scorecards. A lot of times, you know, I love you as long as everything's going good. And then when things get bad, well, you know, maybe not. What is unconditional love? Love with no conditions. Amen. That's how God sees us. I think that's amazing when we look at that. Look at this. God's love never fails. And here we go. God is love. The other day I was preaching Mr. Olin's home going. And when we got to the uh, cemetery, I started talking about love. And in the middle of that, in the middle of their sorrows, in the middle of everything else, when I finally took a, a breath, Miss Madge called out and she said, God is love. See, that's somebody that knows the Lord. Her heart was heavy. Been married 66 years. Right? But in the midst of all that, she has hope. She has the glimmer of God's promise in that. I'm sure that she could have focused on her heart being broken. What am I going to do? I can't believe this is going on. All this. But the word that she said was a blessing to me. I don't even know if anybody else caught it to that magnitude. God is love. Man, we are so blessed. Is that, is that talking about wealth? Anybody feel wealthy? Knowing that God gave his only begotten son for your life. Knowing that God came from heaven and shed all the glory and, and walked in perfect relationship as a man. And, and was a sinless life. But he gave his life to purchase us out of sin. That's love. Let's keep on going here. I said, God's love never fails. And I said, when we get a hold of that in our heart, it begins to produce us living out the word of God. Amen. That's what we want to take a look at that next. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. So we want to talk about living the word out. Okay. Let's take a look at a couple things here. I said, living the word of God lifts him up. Amen. Look at this scripture we have up here. John uh, 12, 32. And when I lift it up, from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He's return. He's talking about the resurrection. As Christians, that's everything we believe: the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord, the gospel message. You, I don't think you ever hear me say any any message worth worth preaching is is it's all other than the gospel. There's a lot of good news, but if you don't have the gospel message, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? Those promises are not for you because you're not a child of God. God loves you, but you have to claim that. Amen? It's just like if somebody wrote you a check for a million dollars and you kept it in your pocket and didn't cash it, you don't have it, right? So many times we walk around having all the blessings right at our fingertips, but not opening the door to all that. Matter of fact, I'll share this too. When I was getting ready to go preach the funeral the other day, I had my suit on. I went over my notes. I went over everything. I was praying everything else. I'm getting ready to go, and I cannot find my key. I can't find my keys. Now, I got spare keys, but I'm one of those hard-headed guys. I want my key. Y'all ever get that? You know you know, you got one stash somewhere. I said, like, where is my key? And so after being frustrated and everything else, I did what most of us do first. I said, Lord, where is my key? He said, it's in the door. 
Oh. So I walk and get it out of the key and the key out of the door and go on. Didn't think no more about it until I was riding to the funeral home. The, the funeral uh, grounds over there. And I said, Lord, what exactly do you want to share? And he brought that back to my mind. He said the key was in the door. I said, okay, I got it. And God allowed me to share a message that I'm going to share with you right there. See, many of us walk through life having the key in our hand, having the key in our pocket, having the key in the door. But we never turn the key to open the door to God's blessing. Here's the answer. You ready? Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key. And see, I, I tell people all the time, God is always showing us a message everywhere, every way, every day. Who would have thought that he would have pulled a sermon together for me losing my keys? Little is much in the hands of God. Little is much in the hands of God. Look how he multiplies things. Think about that. The next time you open the door, the next time you go get in your car, count your blessings. Next time you, you, you go to your neighbor's house and, and you got a key to that house and you're helping out and you're feeding your pet and looking out for them and everything else, count your blessings. That they would count you worthy to look out for them. We have the keys to life. His name is Jesus. Amen. Take a look at this. Point praise to Christ. When we point praise to Christ, it shows our love and reverence for him. It puts him in the proper place. It gives us purple. Per, must be my shirt purple. Purpose in, in looking where we're walking. I say this many times. I was talking to a friend yesterday. had a lot of stuff going on. You guys have heard me say this many, many times, right? And we turned around. I said, look, you can't keep looking backwards. There's a reason that your rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield. You need to know where you are going. We need to be focusing on moving forward. It's not a bad thing to glimpse in the rearview mirror to see where you've been, see where God's pulled you through, and three, show you the things that God has, has, has just delivered us from. But you know what? It gives us time to reflect back. Amen? So let me ask you a question. Time to reflect here. How do you reflect your Heavenly Father? Have you ever thought about that? Let me tell you. Some days, I don't do real well. How about you guys? It's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, choice-by-choice thing. But aren't you glad that your standing, your right standing with God doesn't have to do with your performance? Amen. I said many times, Lord, look what I'm doing now. Look at this. Hey, Lord, look at me. That doesn't impress God. Here you go. If if you want to, to warm the heart of God, follow the Son of God. Be obedient to what God has called us to do. Speak his word. Love like God loves. Forgive like God forgives. Show mercy like God does. Amen. He says we have the mind of Christ. So we're looking at how do we reflect our Heavenly Father? I think that we need to look at how we're supposed to reflect Him. You know how we're supposed to reflect Him? Like Jesus. Like the Word of God. Think about that. I don't want anybody to raise their hand, but we got folks we work with that, 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 that kind of work us a little bit sometimes, right? Not at my job. No, 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 no. I'm sort of saying, not at my house. Not at the grocery store in Bacosin, right? All these things. But when we think about that, are we reflecting God well? Many of y'all know not too long ago I went out, we got something to eat, went out and looked at my truck and boom, somebody put a big old dent inside of it and drove off. I had every option right there to choose wrong. But thank the Lord, we had just preached on forgiveness and mercy that day. And I go, wow, that's a pretty good sized dent right there. And so police come out there and he goes, what would you like me to do about it? There's only one car here. 
So I continued on in grace and mercy. I said, I don't know if the insurance is going to need to call anybody. Just thought I'd try to do the right thing. Everything's all right. And, and people were getting mad around for me. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Got insurance. It's going to be okay. You never know what's going on. And then, you know, sometimes I think back things in my life. You ever think back if you got paid back for everything you did in your life? That didn't got real small. Then. <laughs> wow, man. I'm like, wow, all right. But the whole thing I'm getting at is I had a choice. I had a choice. Because the restaurant owner was looking at me. My family was looking at me. The cop was looking at me. And I could say, man, I can't believe it. And I go, you know what? I can't even see it when I get in on the other side. They were like, what? what? They were just waiting for me to just lose it, you know? And I thought, well, you know, I don't like that, but that's the way it goes. I'd like to tell you that I, I handle everything like that in my life, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but, but you know what? That day, God was pouring out his wealth on me, and that was good. And you know what? Through that, got the truck fixed, everything was all right. Now, you say, what's the big deal about that? If I can't deal with the small things, how am I going to deal with the big things? What happens when I get the doctor report and I don't like it? Am I going to put a chokehold on, you know, Dr. Ward? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? Or am I going to be able to say, okay, what does God say about this? Am I going to be able to look at this and say, I want to live out the word. Some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Some years are better than others. But what I'm saying is this. Don't get down on yourself. Keep your eyes on the Lord and start fresh. Funny, Tim said, well, it's October 1st. I said, it's a good day for a fresh start. Guess what? October 2nd, it's a good day for a fresh start. Let's just keep on going. Keep the newness of the day, the freshness of the day. How many know that God's mercy is fresh every day? Somebody say, amen. Are you glad of that? I know I am. Aren't you glad that you just don't, what is that movie, that Groundhog movie is the same thing over and over. Sometimes our life feels like that. But you know what? Put your foot out. Step out in faith. And say, you know what, Lord? Use my life today to make a change in a positive way. Help me to walk out the word. Help me to speak the word of God. Help me to evangelize. Help me, help me to share the, that we are uh, the assurance of Christ. Help us to love like you want us to. So let's keep on rolling here. I said, what course correction is he showing you today? Hey, everybody's got a course correction to make. Sometimes it's hourly, minutely, or whatever it is. But ask the Lord to give you the strength in those areas that you need to make the course corrections. And he's going to love you through it. He's not putting you on restriction and say, well, I'll come back when you get everything right. We don't get things right on our own. We get things right walking with the Lord. And the Lord continuing to help us and wooing us into that deeper, deeper, deeper relationship. And take a look at this. I said, reading the word of God builds us up. Sharing the word of God builds others up. Living the word of God lifts him up. Somebody say amen. If we can apply those things, Lord, help us to apply those things in our life. So with that being said, let's go ahead and roll on over to, to the T. Somebody give me a T. Here we go. Let's look at this here. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I want to use the T for thankfulness. How many people are thankful that they're here today? How many people are thankful that God forgives their sin? How many times sometimes we just need to refresh? You know, on your computer, when it gets all out of whack and it starts doing stuff, or your car sometimes is buzzing and doing all, and you just need to turn the key off and, and start it again or reboot the computer. Do you, does your life get like that sometimes? Sometimes it just go, whoa, stop the music. 
Let's go back to the basics. Let's go back and it's like, wait a minute. God loves me. God has forgiven me. Jesus Christ has died for me. He says I can come boldly to the throne of grace. And I'm going to trust what God's word says because it's true. Now let's reset and move forward. You've got to have that foundation. And sometimes we have to come back and shore up that foundation. How do we do it? Through his word. So being thankful, I've got five verses here I want to read and then we'll kind of break them out, okay? Take a look at this. It says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through generate all generations. Somebody say amen. So with that being said, I want to look at five keys of thankfulness that we see there. We just read it and then I'm going to break it out a little bit, okay? So first, let's see joy. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the goodness of God. For saving our souls. Why is God good? Because he rescued us out of sin. Amen. We forget that sometimes. We forget that. And let me also tell you this. Sometimes when we remember, so well, God saved me, I'm not going to hell, so uh, I'm good. Do you know that God might want to use you while you're here? Do you know how you like to be used in a mighty way to speak into somebody else? To share the gospel message? Man, proclaim his goodness. Take a look at this. We should be serving and being thankful because of the gladness. Look at this. It says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. How many people say, I can't sing? Well, whistle. Amen. Hum a tune. It's a, it's a heart condition. Have a song in your heart. What was your grandma used to say? What was it? It says, uh, keep a smile on the face and a song in your heart. Or a song in your heart and a smile on the face. I'm trying to think. It's a long time ago, Earl, but I remember saying something about that. And I, and I thought, man, you know what? If you've got Christ in your heart, there's got to be something you can praise about. There's got to be something that will lift your cheeks up a little bit more and, and, and smile. Man, gladness. Are you glad that God loves you like he does? Are you glad that God sees the best in, in you on your worst day? Amen. Get a little click after there. Let's do this. How about a knowledge? Acknowledge the creator and celebrate our acceptance through the sacrifice of Jesus. He is our shepherd and our role model and protector. Man, anybody ever been in a scary place? Yeah. Maybe on your job. Maybe. Earl was a meter reader for years. He used to tell me stories that make my hair curl, man. He had to go here and go back here and go back here and go over here and everything else. I remember one day he was telling me, he said, man, I'll tell you what. He said, I had to go read the meters, and I was back behind all this here, and, and it, you know, dogs are barking and everything else. And he said, man, I took off running and hit my head on a 15,000 BTU air conditioner. I said, how did you know it was a 15,000 BTU? He said, look right here. <laughs> had no crease up on that onion, boy. I'll tell you what, we got some stories. People talk, he said, you know, when, when I hang out with some of my buddies from home and, and different things like that, they go, I'm surprised y'all lived that long. I said, God, is good. Amen? God's got a master plan. We like living on the edge, you know what I mean? And I look back and I think about God's protection even when I've done some silly things. Anybody ever done any silly things? I tell, I tell you all all the time, you know. Can't swim, jump in, through the, jump in the pool, you know, everything else. Sneak in the pool, jump in there. i got to jump all the way to the three foot because I can't swim. All those different things like that. See how fast you can drive a motorcycle in a little small area? 
God's protecting us. All those different things like that. Swinging on swings, jumping off a roof, playing hide and go seek. Man, everybody's got a story. But you know what? God is our protector even in the midst of that. And also we have total access. We can praise God. We have access to the very throne room of our Heavenly Father. Last night we went to watch Jesse and the, and the crew of Coast and High School Band. They did real good. They were over at Hickory over in uh, Chesapeake doing the band competition. And as they were waiting to add up the scores, people get bored. So they start doing the waves, right? I started that. I started that. I, I, I can guarantee you my child was in on this, right? So then people start taking their, their you know, uh, their, their phones out and had their lights going. And there's a few more. And there's a few more. And the next thing you know, everybody's doing this. Even my wife's going. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with you? I jump right in too. What happens if we shined our Christian light, light like that? I mean, everybody was just, it was catching, man. It was just going. It was just going around and around and around and around. And I thought, man, you know, again, I'm thinking about a sermon stuff. Wouldn't it be something if each one of us, our lives shine like that for the Lord, you know? And, and so when we think about that, we have total access to God. And they got all those phone, phones and things. I thought, man, what an investment that is. Because everybody wants to be connected, right? Got to be connected. Let me ask, is there anybody here that does not have a cell phone? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't have any hands raised. Any, I think my mom's the only one who don't have one. That's all right. She'd probably run my bill up if she did. But you know what? We, we, we like that. We like to be connected. How many people got an unlimited plan? Few people got an unlimited plan. How many people got, got to count their minutes? Right? Got to count their minutes a little bit. Got to watch the minutes. Don't want to go over. Now let's go back to this. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You've got the total package. Amen? You've got all you need. You're never going to hear a busy signal. You're never going to get interrupted. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. So my question is, how much time do you spend talking to God? How much time do we spend listening to God? Because that's a communication thing, right? That's a skill that we, we need to work on all the time. Speaking and listening. Usually we got to speaking down. We can tell everybody what they need to do and how they can fix it and all that and all this and everything else. And then how good is our heart at actually receiving a little bit? See, because that's, that's the receiving. And that's why I always pray, man, Lord, help us to have that receiving heart, that heart that, will, that will, the seed of God's word will fall on good ground so that it will sprout up and bring forth all those blessings. Well, look at this. How about God's faithfulness? So the Lord is good and faithful. His, his love never ends and never fails. There's a lot of things that fail. Amen? I fail. I don't want to let anybody down, but I'll let you down. I'm a man. People fail. But I can point you to the one that doesn't. Amen? And that's what always the focus is, is always Christ-centered. Lord, help us to be more like you. And it's a process. Now, when you get saved, when you ask the Lord to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, you put your total faith and belief in what Christ has done. You're sealed with the Spirit. It talks about it in Ephesians 1. But we still grow and develop in knowing about God. That's why we come to church. That's why we, we come and worship. That's why we do Bible studies. That's why hopefully more than even just Bible studies once a week that you're constantly feeding your spirit with the word of God. That you're reading books and you're digging in, in God's, God's word, ultimately God's word. But God does use a lot of different folks. Amen. A lot of different folks and reach out and 
call somebody and pray with them and things like that. But we have total access to our Heavenly Father. So those are just five keys of, of thankfulness. How many people are thankful today? Let me hear you say amen. amen. Now I want to get real personal here now. Y'all ready for this? See, regardless of our past, right, we can still have hope. Look at this here. Regardless of what's going on in your life, if we're jobless, sinfulness, broken relationships, foreclosures, abuse, sickness, you just you just figure out what, where you're at on that. I'm sure there's something that I didn't list. There's a few things. But I want to read I want to read this scripture to you right here. Colossians uh, 2.12, and I, I think I got it in there a couple times, but I'm going to read it right now. And it says, And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way... He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. How wealthy do you feel now? Do you feel kind of wealthy? I think we should when we start looking at what God has done for us. So I want to talk about hope as we bring this on home. I've got a few scriptures here that I want you guys to maybe write down and you can underline them later or whatever. But I want to to encourage us with some scriptures in, in hope. Romans 5, 5 says this, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Our hope is in Christ. Our confidence comes from his faithfulness. Do you hear that? Our confidence comes from God's faithfulness. So most people probably rode here today. I don't think nobody walked here today. How many people got confidence that the car is going to start when they leave? Yeah. So we'll put that in there. How many people are confident that, uh, that the sun's going to come up tomorrow? You feel pretty good about that? How many people are confident that I will be going out to eat sometime somewhere today? Amen. That's an easy one. That's easy right there. But think about that. So we have faith in those things. But then when something gets a little crazy, and I'm never, listen, please listen to me. I never minimize what somebody's going through. I want to help equip us to help us be encouraged in those things of the Lord. But when we get a bad report, we start to waver. Help us take that same faith that we got, even more so, and put that in the Lord himself. Amen? Let's look at that again. It says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our heart with his love. See, it's there. We just need to access it by faith. Amen? God, you said, how in the world can you, can you forgive somebody? Well, God forgave me. And I need help in those areas sometimes, don't you? I'd like to say, oh, yeah, it's okay. All right. You know, Lord, help me in those areas of that. Think about that. Are we going to be a mirror of Christ in those situations? Take a look at this. Romans 15, 13. May the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When we call on the name of Jesus, he deposits the Holy Spirit in us. We don't get a little piece of God. You know, just, you know, oh, you got 30%. And as you grow, you'll get more. No, you have... The full Holy Spirit, the full measure of God living in us. But I think what happens is we don't access that because we still got a whole lot of this, don't we? Am I just preaching to me? Yeah. 
We like to do it our way. How many people like to do it their way? Yes, we do. Yeah. I got three honest people. I'm going to pray for the rest. Right? <laughs> we love to do it our way, man. And then when it gets all messed up, you look for somebody else to blame it on. We don't want to raise our hand, right? Or we just say, well, I don't know. I don't know. And you ask people all the time, have you been praying about that? I talk to people who got different things going on in their life all the time. And this is what usually when I talk to people. They want to tell me everything that's wrong. They want to tell me he said, she said, what's broke, all this stuff. And see, this is just, I just cut to the chase. And they tell me, they get, they're all ready to unload their guns on me and tell me how the, the sky is falling down on them. And you know what I ask them? I said, you know, before we do that, how's your relationship with the Lord? I said, because we want to build on a good foundation. You can tell me about Aunt Edna and Uncle Joe and how Sally Sue did this and, and the boss don't like you anymore and your car didn't start. And uh, let, Let's go back to me. Are you growing in the Lord? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? Have you been seeking the Lord? You know, folks, married folks, this, uh, well, you know, blah, 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 where's God at in the center of your relationship? And so what happens is, I'm able to defuse a lot of that stuff and focus the time on something that will make a difference, their relationship with the Lord. I don't need to take sides. I don't need to know all the dirty laundry. I don't need to hear about this and that. And that. I just, hey, let's go ahead and talk about Jesus. And let's look at what God says he'll do in your life. That he will fill you up so that you can have peace and you can trust in him. And that you, you, your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are we accessing that in your life? Because if it is, I, I, I've got a funny feeling it might speak to that issue in your life. I've got a funny feeling that it, it might start giving you a different view of your spouse, your friend, your boss, or whatever case. Maybe of yourself. Amen. Turn around. We look around so many times and I tell you, we can be our own worst enemies. Anybody believe that? The man in the mirror is rough, man. The gal in the mirror can be rough. But what happens if you started looking at God's word and allowing that to define you? What would happen? I think a whole lot would happen. I know one thing. If I turn around and say, man, I'm more than a conqueror. God loves me. Even when people don't like my jokes, it's okay. God still loves me. Even when I blow it, God still loves me. Even when, you know, I'm, I'm late for supper or I didn't finish this or, or fill in the blank. I can rest assured that you know what? God still loves me. And if you can settle that in your heart today, that will give you some great foundation to build on for tomorrow. Don't let anybody rob you of that. The world will rob you of that. I, I, sometimes I like watching commercials because I just laugh at them, right? Let's just take a, let's just take a beer commercial. All right? They always have the pretty girl comes up to the guy when he cracks his particular brand beer or whatever it is. Does that happen in real life? I don't think so. Or what else? Okay. Or you get you go somewhere and you get this particular car and all of a sudden your dog just jumps in the back and listens to everything you say. You know what I mean? My dog don't listen to me anyway. You know? She just she just plays me. She used to listen when we first got her. I think she's just full. What else do you see out there? You know? And I ask this all the time. So so now I, I haven't done this in a while. Tim, you got your watch on, some clock, stopwatch, something like that. Somebody got a watch on. I, I do this from time to time. And I say, okay, this is how much we, we listen to the world, okay? All right, let's play a little game, all right? Not going to come where you're at. I'm going to send you out. Let's start with the football. I know there's a touchy subject right now. 
How many, and, and give me 10 seconds here, Tim. All right. When we get ready, when I say go, I want you to shout out as many teams that you can shout out. I know y'all ready. Think about it. Give me a little kind of thing about it. Ready? All right. Ready, Tim? Go. That is time. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking I heard at least, what, 15? What are the 16 teams? Yes, how many? 32 teams? I don't know. See, that's how much I know about. But they better be standing if they want me to watch. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. I had to put that in there. <laughs> anyway, so we're up there. I'm, I'm 25 teams, did y'all say? I don't know. A lot. Okay. How about this? What else can you think about? How many different types of cars are there? Give me the 10. On the 10. On the count now. Boom. Let me hear it. Keep going. Honda. Aston Martin. 13. They had about 15 in there. All right. All right. Now, y'all ready? Give me 15 seconds on this one, Tim. Are y'all ready? Got a question for you. How many of the Ten Commandments can you name? Ready to go. We said that. We said that. Hey, Tim already cut it, man. I want to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you five just in case I miss them. Do you see where I'm at with this? We can name all the NFL teams. They're going to do anything for you. You can name all the cars and stuff for you. Usually when I'm hanging out with somebody, I say, name how many beers you can name. They'll be like, Bud Light, this Light, blah, blah. I mean, they got all of them and everything else. I said, give me some of the, command, the Ten Commandments. Uh, Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to take a snapshot and see how we, we feed on so much stuff. You gave me like probably, well, I don't know, 16, 17 football teams, right? You gave me, uh, I don't know, what do we have? 10, 15 cars, and we got four or five of the Ten Commandments. Not coming down on anybody, not anything else. I know I didn't let y'all study for that, but doesn't that open your eyes a little bit to say, hmm, maybe I need to shut the TV guide and open up the Bible. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be good that we knew that? I think that'd be a good thing. I, I just use that as a, as a little test to just say, hmm, where is our hope? Where is it at, right? So I'm gonna let y'all, I'm gonna let that lay just where it lays, and y'all take it as you want. Here we go. Now look at this, Hebrews 11, 1, one of our favorite, 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 favorite verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Hope and faith. When we're talking about that in the Christian uh, life, we're not thinking, well, I hope so, maybe so. My hope. My full expectation, my trust is in that of the Lord. Amen. He's faithful. So that's what we see there. And look at this, Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Anybody need to be a little bit stronger? Amen. Y'all get strong. I got furniture to move in my house. There we go. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is what is available to a child of God. Amen? And I know we keep holding on to those things and stuff, and sometimes we don't see them instantly. Don't let that cause you to lose your grip on who God is. 
Because he has not lost his grip on who you are. Amen. God is continuing to, to show us the wealth that we have in him. All right. Let's bring this thing on home now. You guys have been good troopers here. I want to go back and read this again. Because just like I said with our little commercial break there where we were doing a few things. I'm going to read that. Think about what we talked about. I'm going to read this again. Matthew 6, 19, 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Let me just talk. Anybody ever had a house broken into? It's not a good feeling. Years ago, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little story here. Oh, the buffet ain't even open. You're all right. Years ago, my mom and dad, they would go to my grandmother's house every year at Christmas time. Now, I was grown. I lived down the street from mom for like 25. And uh, my dad said, hey, go by and check on the house. And I said, got it, dad, got it. No problem. Don't worry about it. So I didn't go. And I went the next day. So I went and uh, I remember opening the door. It was still locked. I opened the door and I thought, Man, my mom never has a messy house. And I noticed that the plant was over here, and there was Christmas cards on the floor. And all this, and this is slow motion in my mind. What's going on in here? I can't believe this. And then the realization came in, and this is what happened. I was the only one there. I go, we've been robbed! I don't know who I was telling. I was like, <laughs> I can't. And I thought, they might be in here. I rolled back there. I went up there and had all stuff everywhere. And then it was weird. Because if there was four things, if there's four watches, they only took two. I guess it was an honest thief. They didn't want to clean them out. I don't know. I'm looking at everything. I said, okay, all right. All right, all right. All right, let's see what's going on here. Everything looks all right. Nobody's hurt. Everything's good. We can replace this. So I'm talking myself through this. I said, I got to call my grandma and tell her. So I call. First, I want to talk to my dad. How many know when you, you usually call mom when you want money, but when you call your dad, there's a problem? Y'all can call your mom for that too now. I just want to let you know. <laughs> so, anyway, I call and I say, hey, Grams, what's going on? Hey, honey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. His dad didn't know. He just went down to get some barbecue. I said, okay. I said, I got to tell you something. What? I said, Grams, I got to tell you something. Don't say nothing to mom. I said, I just came over the house. Yeah. And I said, we've been robbed. Oh, my God, you've been robbed. My mom said, oh, I can hear the background. Dog barking. We got robbed. We got robbed. We got robbed. Oh, oh, everything else. And I was like, huh. And then they said, who did it? I don't know. So I said, I'm calling the police. I'm going to call the police. Police are coming over. They come over about an hour later. What's missing? I don't know. I don't live here. Well, you're not much help. I said, well, don't, I watch a lot of TV. I said, we're going to dust it for prints. He said, it's going to mess up the house. I said, I ain't got to clean it. Go ahead and dust it. Right? He goes, and he said, well, you really want to do that? And he goes, well, let's, let's just start here, right? <laughs> Check this out. He goes, how many people knew that your parents were leaving? I said, no. Me? <laughs> he said, who has a key to the house? I said, <laughs> Me? He said, what were you doing last night? I said, I, 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 I was at home. <laughs> Things were getting bad fast, man. I don't think he just wanted to dust the place. Anyway, I say all that. We start seeing about things can be taken and, and moved and rusted and gone and stolen. And when my mom got home, it wasn't. And here's the thing. My folks would probably give you anything if you need it. Really, would they would give you about, probably about anything if you need it. I'm not kidding. To this day, it's like that. 
And then there was things that my dad had got from overseas and Korea and different things. And it wasn't the it wasn't the fancy stuff that they liked. Not that they have a lot of fancy stuff anyway. But you know, they, they never wrapped around the wheel on that. But it had things that meant something to them through their relationship that it couldn't replace. And that really hurt my heart, you know, because it's like, man, you know, you know, my dad said, I ain't going back to Korea. I'll tell you that right now, really. Because you got what you got, <laughs> you know. And so you look at those things, and I said, man, isn't that something that so many times we store up treasures, and it's going to rust, or somebody can steal, somebody can take it. And they never did find the stuff. I will tell you something crazy there, just, just on a side note. They, they took my, my high school uh, ring. Ten years later, playing in a band, everything else, and this guy says, are you buddy tapping? I'm like, yeah. He said, I think I got some of yours. Oh, really? Did you go to Kikatan? Yes. Did you graduate in 1983? I said, yes. He said, uh, give me a call later. I think I got some of yours. And I called the guy, and he met me, and he goes, is this yours? I go, yes, it is. He says, uh, he, he didn't get into how he ended up with it, and he wasn't going to tell me how he ended up with it, but he ended up with it, and at least I got that back. I said, you got any more stuff? He goes, nope, that's all I got. And he didn't take it. I wasn't saying that he didn't take it. But it, he had come across some different things and some different travels. Ten years later, had that ring. I said, that's amazing. Last time I saw it, Thomas was a little boy. I let him play with anything in that. <laughs> so anyway, isn't that crazy? And his mama covers like she always said, it's in the house somewhere. <laughs> I rest my case. This is what I like to call the Joseph syndrome, right? Y'all, Joseph, he the favorite, he the man of many colors. He got two favorites, Thomas and Jesse. Uh, oh, no, it's not his fault. No. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. But the whole thing was, even when I got that thing back, I was like, wow, okay. It was just stuff. It was just stuff. And I thought about so many different things that, man, that, you know, you can lose and, and, and you can have rust out and different things like that. But what are the things that we're invested in that we store up in heaven? Let's finish reading that. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal and children do not lose. No, that's a different version. That's a different version. Wherever your treasure is, there desires of your heart will be also. Man, I'm just saying today... What are you really invested in, friends? The wealth that we have. And I purposely titled this like I did. Because people talk, wealth, they're going to be preaching on money. Boy, I tell you what, woo! I ain't saying nothing about money, do we? Let me tell you. I know this. I've had a couple dollars in my pocket. I've had no dollars in my pocket. But I'm going to tell you what. The wealthiest that I've ever been is when I come to Jesus. Amen? Because that's not... For a, for a time period or until I mess up or I blow it and gamble it away or anything else. I'm wealthy in the Lord because, because of what Christ has done. And that's what I pray that you hear today. When we break that down, think about it. We talked about the W. We talked about worship. We have the wealth of God living in us through the Spirit. The Son of God died for us and rose again so that we can have total access to our Father God. We talk about the E, we talked about evangelism, and I want to also say about encouragement, to encourage one another. When we went to the A, we talked about the assurance 
of that we know we have a home in heaven. But let me also tell you guys this too. When we call on the name of Jesus, our life starts now. We were dead to the things of Christ. Now we're alive in Christ. And then we moved on to L, his love. Is there anything greater than God's love? And that should make us thankful. That's our T. And then H, we have hope because of what Christ has done for us. So how many people feel wealthy today because of Christ? Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today that we are wealthy in you. We have all our needs met in you. We have the assurance that you have our best interest, Lord, that you have us secure in Christ, Lord, and your love never fails. So if there's someone here today that does not know you personally, I pray that today is the day that they call on the name of Jesus. If somebody's listening to this, whether it's today or maybe 10 years from now, I don't know. I want you to hear this message. It's for you. You're not just flipping by here. And so I just happen to see this online or wherever. I'm speaking to you. And I want you to hear this, that God loves you. In the midst of your situation, in the midst of what you've done in your past or anything else, God says you are worth it. And to show you that, he sent his son to pay your sin debt in full, our sin debt in full. I say you to make it personal to each one here. So let me ask you a question that I ask probably every week to everybody that I come across that we're talking about the Lord. If you die tonight, you know for sure you go to heaven. Many people say, oh yeah, I hope so, or maybe so. No, it's not a hope so, maybe so gospel. It's a I know so. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible is very clear. We call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We turn from the world, we turn to the Lord and ask forgiveness, and we call on the name of Jesus. We say, Lord, we believe you are the Son of God. Lord, we believe that you paid my sin debt in full today. Come into my life and forgive me. If that's you today, and you pray that from your heart, and you put your faith and trust on the finished work of the cross. I keep saying that over and over. I want you to hear that with your heart because you can't add to it. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You can't be anything. Will you be humble enough to realize that your sin separates you from amazing and awesome holy God? And Lord, give them boldness so that they call on the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. We're going to send you out with a song. Absolutely. We've got a little song we'd like to share with you guys. Come on and stand to your feet if you like it.